welcome to Eyes Open, a podcast about story and scripture. My name is Chase Hairston. I am a professor of biblical theology and spiritual formation at Mid-South Christian College here in Memphis, Tennessee, joined by two friends and former students whose names are Jacob and I'm Aisha. Beautifully done. Great job, guys. Uh, Today, we are going to discuss a few things, the main one of which will be Season 3, Episode 6 of The Chosen, which was titled Intensity in Tent City. And you can just see the guy that thought of that way two years ago when he wrote the script, just (laughs) gloating. I thought of this joke so long ago. And finally, he gets his payoff. Good wordplay, Intensity in Tent City. We're going to discuss that and quite a few scenes. This is the day. Turn up the volume and rejoice. Back at it again. How are y'all today? Pretty good. Doing pretty well. Yeah? Yep. Feeling good. I hope so. Yep. Started the semester here. Yeah. Mid-South Christian College, so. Mid-South Crunchy College. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I talk about the college all the time. Yeah. (laughs) This is one of those things you say so fast, you just forget how to say it the right way. Yeah, I uh, taught my first course of the semester this morning, first class of the semester. Got a couple more later this week. So getting back in the swing, mm-hmm. which means a couple weeks of feeling very aware that I'm not yet back in the swing. <laughs> <laughs> and everyone else is probably aware too. Mm-hmm. Jacob, you're a couple weeks into your this semester, yeah? Yeah, yeah. So I started last week. Okay. Um, so I've already had all of my classes at least once. Cool. So. Would you like to name your least favorite professor on air by name? Don't do that. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Chase. No. Oh, <laughs> not anymore. <laughs> I used to be your least favorite professor. No, I'm not. <laughs> you graduated. Um, well, glad to hang out with you guys again, spend a little time talking about The Chosen. Before we jump into The Chosen, though, you know, <clears throat> in this episode, which we'll get to, Mary Magdalene uh, is clearly still carrying and still dealing with some things from her past. So I thought that might be an appropriate way to begin today by me sharing some stuff from my past that I'm, I'm not uh, free of. I'm still holding on to. It was, I don't think, a dark and stormy night, but it was about 10 years ago. Um, a friend of mine uh, posted this question on Facebook. Uh, she was, you know, a friend. She was actually dating a buddy of mine, so we were acquaintances, friends, something like that. Very nice person. Um, she posted to Facebook the question, is it more forgivable to accidentally get peanut butter in the jelly jar or jelly in the peanut butter jar? Now, I've got very strong opinions about the right answer to this question. And I'll tell you the exact word-for-word word right answer in just a moment. But the story goes that I saw it, thought about it, and this was a time in my life when I was uh, very sure of myself in all things, which there's aspects of that. One might say that I still struggle with, but um, I was very overconfident at the time, but I was trying to, you know, trying to grow, trying to get better, and so I, even though I was very sure I had the right answer, I decided 
I just am going to opt out and not, not respond. And I probably regret that decision about twice a month, 10 years later. <laughs> Whitney, if you're listening, the right answer is neither you monster. <laughs> it's just, I, there's, I, I can't, I can't even handle. Uh, and in addition to the fact that the right way to make a peanut butter and jelly sandwich involves putting peanut butter on both pieces of bread, so there's no world in which jelly should ever get into the peanut butter jar. <laughs> And by golly, you better either clean or get a second knife before you switch jars, in my opinion. Thank you for listening. (laughs) It's like free therapy having you guys around. (laughs) Anything y'all need to get off your chest? Any any, uh, skeletons in your closet? That was my biggest one. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure there are some. I'm I'm, I'm not actually putting y'all on the spot in that way. I'm playing. Well, hey... um, Keen-eared listeners, uh, long-time listeners of the show, might have heard me say, eyes open, a podcast about story in Scripture today. Y'all probably clocked that as well. Um, you know, previous to today, I've been saying uh, this is a podcast about screens in Scripture. But uh, I was thinking it's probably a good time to drop in and remind uh, listeners that we are not exclusively a The Chosen rewatch or watch-along, whatever the right term is, uh, podcast. That's what we're doing now, but as we discussed in our first episode, it's called Eyes Open because I want to think carefully about and have discussions about moving through the world with eyes open to the Lord's grandeur and beauty and majesty and mystery, and I want to engage stories is a major way that uh, the Lord has brought that about in my life and um, a major way that I envision continuing to grow in trying to move through the world eyes open. Um, and as I thought about, you know, the subtitle of the show in such that we could at some point have episodes that aren't necessarily directly related to The Chosen, screens in scripture, while I think a very compelling topic and one that we will still, of course, talk about, uh, is just a little more limited in terms of guests that I might be able to have join us for a discussion or things you, you guys and I can talk about. So, podcast about story in scripture is what I'm thinking is going to stick and work a little better. Sound good? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like that's great. Yeah. Well, that's the business that I had for us to discuss. Season three, episode six, Intensity in Tent City, came out uh, Sunday evening. Let's jump into our canonical considerations segment where we take a large view of the whole canon of this episode, one might say and discuss our overall thoughts. So, who wants to jump in, start us off today? I'll jump in. Go for it. Um, I really enjoyed this episode. Um, For me, I saw like a lot of change and growth in a lot of the characters. Um, Like with the changes we see in in Gaius and just like the way he is towards the Jews and then the, the change that we saw in like um, the Simon, not Simon Peter, but the other Simon. Simon Z. Yeah, the the zealot. Uh, mm-hmm. When he's like trying to tell them, like you know, like mm-hmm. Jesus, like he's not like the Messiah is not who we thought he really was. And whenever um, his, I guess the brothers were, the zealot brothers were mm-hmm. trying to get him. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what you call those people, but <laughs> you see, just a lot of change through a lot of the characters in this episode, and so it's just cool to see. Um, I feel like in my life, and I 
like hesitant, you know, resistant to change mm. and growing in some areas because I think, you know, I'm fine. <laughs> <laughs> so it's uh, good to see um, um, it played out in yeah. scripture. And then just to see, I mean, not in scripture. It is in scripture, but on um, screen. Uh, but it is shown a lot in scripture, just how Jesus changed the hearts of the people he was around. So, yeah, I really um, like that. That's why I took away the most from this episode. Yeah. Change and growth. I like that. Yeah. Um, you got me thinking now. My, my wheels are turning um, while they're doing that. I'll say that I liked this one, too. Um, you know, if Nobody asked us to stack the episodes up against each other, but if we were to do so, I would say I think that episode five uh, I liked a little more than this one, but that's not at all to say that I, you know, was bored or disliked this one. Um, mm-hmm. Definitely had some some good scenes, a lot of dense scenes. As I was mm. trying to take notes on what happened, I just ended up like I just waited and I was like, let me just watch the rest of this after like the fifth thing I'm trying to say happened in the scene, and then at the end of the scene I'd pause and take notes. Um, so yeah, there was they were really dense, a lot going on, uh, but I enjoyed them. I really enjoyed a couple aspects of the opening, which I'm sure we'll get into here in just a minute. But yeah, is a is a good one. Um, we should come up with some kind of rating system, but it, not out of five or ten. We should do it like seven out of eight stars or something. Mm. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I shouldn't say ideas as soon as they come to my head. But um, <laughs> I liked this one, Jacob. How about you? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I really enjoyed this episode. Uh, I early on, I'd like put episodes stack to stack and be like, "This one's better than that one." Um, but I think me and Aisha have talked a little bit about this off podcast that um, this the chosen can really like that. You can have favorite moments and favorite things, but they mean nothing unless you've watched it in context. Hmm. So like six. Episode six of this season, while as good as it is, would mean nothing without five. Okay. And five yeah. would mean nothing without four. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, like, you know, you have to watch everything in context. And that's what makes you can have favorite moments, but watching them just by those moments, by like, you know, I heard uh, my pastor this past Sunday referenced the old ancient technology of DVDs <laughs> um, <laughs> and scene selection oh, yeah. uh, from DVD. And so it's like, you know, you could do scene selection. But like, if you did that with The Chosen, it wouldn't hit as hard. Mm-hmm. The emotion wouldn't be there mm-hmm. as much. Um, but I just love this episode overall. Um, great moments that I've been waiting for yeah, <laughs> for a while <laughs> to be resolved, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. yeah, and um, getting more and more pictures of who Gaius is. Yeah, um, you're, you're, I feel like you're a big Gaius fan. Do you realize that? Oh yes, I think yes. you're okay. Yes, <laughs> yeah. Gaius has been around since episode one, uh-huh. and I have been trying to to weave him into the the characters. Um, I sort of called him as either. The centurion with the servant who gets healed, or mm-hmm. um, the centurion at the cross, yeah. um, since season one. Mm-hmm. Um, In which way so, are you leading now? Well, now he's very obviously <laughs> the centurion with a um, sick servant. Yeah, um, you did mention that servant. They adopted. yeah, he's got the servant that he's adopted. He's having some home issues. Um, right. 
and he's being really impacted by the way Jesus heals people. So I think that's clicking in his uh, head. I didn't think about that, yeah. Plus, we're just seeing in, in Scripture, it talks about how that centurion um, is so known throughout the Jewish community for being helpful in, in fixing part of the synagogue. Mm-hmm. Um, and so what did Gaius do recently? He mm-hmm. uh, fixed some waterways for the, uh, for the synagogue. And yeah. in this episode, mm-hmm. he went around Tent City and helped, helped around. Uh, yeah. mm-hmm. So That's it's great. building him. He's, he's changing yeah. Mm-hmm. Plus, he's just, I think I said an episode or two ago, he's, just, he's hooked, he's in, he's, he's doomed to believe. Like, it's just yeah. <laughs> hook, line, and sinker. And so and, there's and no way it's going to be from all the way until the crucifixion yeah, when he's yeah. finally like, oh. Yeah. yeah. It, plus, when he pulled the sword on the Pharisee in this episode, I was just like, there you go. Yeah. There you go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, for <laughs> sure. Yeah, he's, he, that's, a, that's what I'm saying. He's just, it's hopeless, man. You're, you're, <laughs> you are hopelessly going to be a believer. Um. Yeah, I, I agree. With a lot of lot of resolutions to yeah. threads and stories in this one. So mm-hmm. um, we know that ev- that the two uh, episodes seven and eight are paired together in a sense. They're they're certainly meant mm-hmm. to be. I think I heard Dallas Jenkins called the two of them our season finale. So it's um, yeah, you know, we're all set up and ready to go for it's like a big, part one, part two season thing. finale. Yeah. yeah, were you about to say something else? Yeah, I was also the other fan theory I have about Gaius is that Gaius is the. Um, person that the third letter of John is addressed to, as the third letter of John is uh, addressed to Gaius, the elder beloved. Um, So, Yeah, I like him too. I mean, I think that makes sense. Um, He, I like a grumpy curmudgeon that for some reason you still... Like, he's not just a jerk, just, you know, I like characters when they're, like, not just a grumpy jerk, but, like, a, a red, some redeeming quality to the grumpy mm-hmm. jerk. Yeah, um, for sure. So, I like him. I like him a lot more than Quintus. I can say that for sure. Um, <laughs> let's jump into our second segment. We call it Lucan Filmography, trying to make an orderly sequence through the episode, much like the... Luke, the author of the Gospel of Luke, said he was going to do as he told the story of Jesus as well. Therefore, we open this episode with this uh, dark and creepy, smoky (laughs) scene of a bunch of uh, disciples, uh, apostles passed out in some sense. Um, And I was I was trying to like take notes live on this. So I wrote in a tomb, question mark. No, tent city. Apostles. (laughs) Apostles. <laughs> and then I was like, snake. <laughs> you know, like it, it was just uh, uh, developing like every little shot. I was like, oh, I know where we are. Oh, no, no, but now I know where we are. <laughs> Anyways, so they were presumably this is, uh, it's whether it is or not, it's certainly meant to call to our mind the Garden of Gethsemane, right? Because mm-hmm. all the disciples are asleep while Jesus mm-hmm. is uh, having that traumatic prayer moment. Mm-hmm. Um Anyways, of course, this turns out to be a dream, and it turns out is it is the dream of Pilate's wife, who they didn't name in this episode, and she's not named in Scripture, but uh, historical theology knows her as Claudia, and I did not come prepared to explain why. I don't actually know why, but um, just she's often referred to in, in historical theology as Claudia. So it'll be interesting to see if that's what they name her as well. Um, I've got some thoughts on this, but y'all, y'all go first. What what do you think of uh, Pilate's wife's dream, mm-hmm. or plus the scene that followed it? Yeah, let's talk Pilate and Claudia. 
Mm-hmm. I thought it was interesting because when it was happening, and I was like, when I like when I first saw the scene, I was like, okay, this is a dream, right? <laughs> but this is a dream, What's and I was like, um, and I was like, yeah, definitely a dream. Whenever this snake was about to bite. Um, uh, Jesus, it yeah. seemed like, and uh, Tim, he goes, "That's that's Satan." <laughs> you know, like the serpent. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I love Tim. Good job. <laughs> yeah, and um, and then I was like, "Oh snap!" I was like, "That's scripture." It says that Pontus's um, um, Pilate's wife, uh, yep. she had dreams about mm-hmm. you know what was going to happen to. Um, so I just thought it was interesting. I just love mm-hmm. the way they just um, kind of made that scripture come to to life. Yeah. Yeah. Um, don't know if she had repeated dreams all the time, because right. it does just say I had a bad dream about him last night in mm-hmm. scripture. But still, um, it still stacks to something that could have happened. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah, as as Dallas Jenkins always explains, like, is it plausible or not? We thought it was plausible, and mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it seems it seems fine to me. That, yeah, yeah, this could have been something because she says uh, I was in anguish or I was tormented about this man in a in a dream, and so I mean I think. That suge- I'm not saying it could have only been one dream, mm-hmm. but it also a word like that certainly mm-hmm. seems like it also could have been something she'd been going through. So yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah you have thoughts? Jean? Yeah. So it actually um, I assume have you all seen the Passion of the Christ? Uh, I have, but a it was long a time long, ago. long, long time <laughs> ago, yeah. right? Because they made it in like Hebrew. Uh, um, oh yeah, they all spoke Aramaic. They, they like all spoke Aramaic. Which or they just announced they're making a sequel. I just I heard oh, the term yes. sequel. I don't know what that means yeah, precisely. I don't, in this I don't regard. know what's going on with that. I think it's supposed to follow Paul. I don't know. Um, You're trying to jump on the chosen popularity I, yeah, bandwagon. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. <laughs> and um, by they, I mean Mel Gibson, one of the most famous <laughs> and, and successful <laughs> filmmakers in a long time. But anyways, go ahead. Um, but that just like the like opening shot in the garden. It's smoky. It's dark. <laughs> There's a creature slithering around. Um, that's like the opening to the Passion of the Christ. Oh, is that how it opened? Uh, like mm-hmm. opened in Gethsemane. Oh, okay. In this like garden area where Jesus is like pleading before God mm-hmm. um, and um, Satan is there um, like watching him. Yeah. Um, so it's very uh, interesting. That I don't know if they did that on purpose. Right. To just be like, hey, like a visual clue that that's what she's dreaming about. But... Uh, Maybe they're suggesting the whole Passion of the Christ movie is actually Pilate's wife's dream. Yeah. That's what the little, dream is. A little Inception kind of situation. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Keep going. Um, also, I was just, it took me a minute while I was watching the episode, but uh, till after the episode, like a while back, the actor who plays Jesus um, posted on Instagram and his social medias with him holding a giant snake. Oh, yeah. Like, that was just, like, on his shoulder and everything. And um, mm-hmm. I was like, how are they going to fit that in? Yeah. <laughs> well, this is how there it is. is. They had this giant snake that he got to play with um, just for this scene. Yeah. <laughs> um, Hopefully that uh, snake comes back uh, when Jesus is, when they actually film. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Every now and then I think about, like, Man, what is this going to be like when they yeah. get to season six and do the crucifixion? It's gonna, yeah. it's gonna be heavy. Yeah, I think about Judas a lot. Yeah, and like his betrayal. I'm like, man, oh. that's gonna be hard. It's it gonna is. be so hard. Yeah. And then him killing himself after. It's gonna Ooh. be rough. I'm not gonna be ready. Can't do it. <laughs> um, uh, we sh- I guess we should at least mention. I don't, I don't know that there's anything to make of it, but uh, she sees 
her husband Pilate put on a bracelet, but when it comes up to your bicep, does it still have a bracelet, an, an armlet? He puts Arm, on some armband. some jewelry uh, that's a, you know, a little snake, and yeah. so she kind of clocks that. Um, you know one tiny detail that I really enjoyed was when she walks out and she sees these zealots being crucified, the way she just like turns her head like, oh, you know, something about that, I thought it was, man, to say I thought it was a nice touch is a whole lot of nothing to, to <laughs> actually say, but uh, it was good characterization, I think, yeah. just to, you know, to show like, I guess sometimes you can have an idea that like everybody was just like blood hungry yeah. pagans that just loved this stuff, or at least were like unaffected by it. But, you know, to see somebody like her who you would expect maybe she would be because she sees she's married to an evil ruler. So um, maybe she sees stuff like this or at least not wholesome, good stuff on a regular basis. But to see her kind of like, ah, I thought that was a nice touch. Um, I liked this scene a lot because uh, I like there's so many facets to this. I, I'm very interested in the Gospel of Matthew. The Gospel of Matthew is the only of the four Gospels that records this. It's also the, he, Matthew has a lot of dream stories in his Gospel. We've got uh, Gabriel told Joseph to marry Mary in, uh, that was hard to say, yeah, <laughs> to, to marry Mary in a dream, right? They're warned to escape from Herod in a dream. The Magi are warned, don't go back to Herod after you've uh, met the child in a dream. There's a lot of like dream narratives uh, on the front end of Matthew's gospel, and then this is, and then he doesn't talk about it for 26 more chapters, um, and then mm. here, like right to, at the tail end, he's got this other mention of a of a dream sequence, um, and so I've mentioned before that one of my favorite ways, one of the ways that I've I've found most uh, fascinating and beneficial to study the scriptures is sort of through this literary lens to take a literary approach, and so looking literarily at uh, the Gospel of Matthew, uh, there's just a lot of interesting things going on between these bookending uh, dream sequences, uh, as well as, there's a, I mean, I, we don't have time for me to go all the way into it, but I, I've read a, a couple interesting, I've read an interesting article and some of an interesting book that uh, deal with Claudia's dream specifically and its sort of literary function in the narrative and it's just really fascinating. It's something that, that I've found interesting for quite a while. Plus, mm -hmm. then you've got connections with Joseph back in Genesis and all the dreams that are going on then. And uh, he was also, he, Joseph, uh, his case you know, for innocence was pled to an important Gentile ruler by a woman mm. related to dreams. And it's like, well, same thing here. Pilate's wife says to Pilate, uh, Gentile woman says to Pilate, you should have nothing to do with this man because of this dream I had. And so, again, like literary design and, and narrative mm -hmm. stuff is just, I could geek out for a long time. Mm -hmm. yeah. So Claudia's dream is one that I have geeked out a little bit about in the past. And so it was it was cool to see it, like you mentioned, Aisha, much earlier than perhaps we would have expected to. Yeah. Uh, so I liked that a lot. Yeah, it, it was very interesting to see Pilot so early. Right. Um, mm -hmm. Now, I... You know, this isn't the first time that Pilate had been name dropped. Sure. Um, earlier this season, um, they talked about Pilate, um, and so it was—it's very interesting to see Pilate so early on instead of just at the end. But also, I'm curious to see what y'all think. Every m most renditions of the Passion of the Christ 
has Pilate portrayed by at least some form of an elder. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas this Pilate in The Chosen, um, the actor who plays him is like 30-something. Uh, so, so old, right? Yeah, so, so old. <laughs> uh, but it's like, it's like he almost seems younger. Oh yeah, but like he, so he's he's definitely a much younger person, mm-hmm. um, and such a high authority figure in the culture. Um, so what do y'all think what about like their choice to make him so young as a story narrative? Yeah, for me, I, I mean, I definitely that was one of the first thing that was the first thing I noticed about Pilot as well. Um, but I I also thought like, do I just need to stop finding this noteworthy because I thought Judas looks super young. Um, Simon Peter, like, mm-hmm. you know, there's, there's been quite a few characters that I'm like, man, they look like babies. Um, so I didn't know if I just need to get used to it. <laughs> that was one of the thoughts I had. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I, again, I, I, I don't always watch the after show, but I did watch it yesterday and, uh, and Dallas addressed it there. So I don't want to just keep repeating what he said when I watched the after show, but, <laughs> um, he did mention it there, which I can yeah. share the comments, but did you have any thoughts on Young pilot, mm. pilot's age. Mine was very similar to yours, just that um, most people, like, I thought mm. the disciples were older than, you know, what yeah. they appear to be in the show. So yeah. I just was like, okay, let's do it. Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> yes, I've definitely heard, at least as far as regards to um, the apostles, I've heard that there are some branches of theological studies that believe the apostles were actually, like, 20 yeah, like twenty mm-hmm. years old, um, and like very young, um, and that the reason some people think Peter was older than the rest of them was because he was the he's the only one recorded to have a wife. Mm. Um, so he may have like the rest of them may have been young adults, while Peter was the only one old enough to have been married already. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so that's why I never really I actually at some points I was like. That's a little bit older than I thought they'd be. Really? Uh, yeah. But um, with when it in regards to Pilate, some people have pointed out that um, his prefect, like title that he has over the governing, with being governor, um, is usually a, associated with um, a, a high-ranking military status. Hmm. And you look at most high-ranking military; they've usually, you know, they've they've been around the block a couple times. They're older. They've worked their way up through the ranks. Um, whereas Quintus, who is under pilot, almost looks older. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's interesting. Uh, so just to finish the thought, I, I would reluctantly shared that Dallas said. <laughs> um, he said, you know, they're, they're the sort of, I forget the term, casting call they put out was asking for actors in their 40s or 50s. But this, like this guy, um, they just found him to be really, really good and sort of hit the emotional beats that they wanted. And so that caused Dallas, he said he went to his wife first and then the, the other two guys on his writing team and started saying like, let's, should we consider him being younger? And everybody seemed to agree that he did. And, you know, he says, the way, he, the way Dallas describes it is, we start with the text and then move backwards, which is interesting to think what all exactly uh, that might mean. But... He said, you know, in the text, when he's when he, the whole scene where he's like, I wash my hands of, of this, mm-hmm. um, he says, you know, it, it struck us as like there's a lot of reluctance on his part 
um, to be involved in this. And the way also that he like, he passes it off first. He's like, mm-hmm. well, this isn't my jurisdiction. Go handle it a different way. And so he said those sorts of qualities did seem to us like perhaps, uh, well, those are also qualities we see in young, new leaders. And so mm-hmm. perhaps it would be consistent um, that we could portray him as young and, and, and like we could portray him on The Chosen as maybe that's part of what's going on as to why he didn't want to do these things. You know what I mean? Yeah. And he, you know, the next thing I wanted us to discuss was this, these couple of scenes between Pilate and Atticus. Mm. And he does, um, in one of them, he mentions, you know, like, I'm basically, I don't want to, I don't really want to do this. He said, uh, yeah. I wrote it down. He says, I don't want to be, I wrote it, but I don't know. Okay. Uh, I don't want to rule over a warring nation yeah. in important times. I mm-hmm. like the sea, the people. They're complicated and poetic, except Caiaphas. <laughs> um, I loved that name drop. <laughs> yeah. He said he, he said he wants peace. Um, mm-hmm. I, I like this. Uh, I'm such a nerd, but the whole, like, I like the sea and the people that made me think of, in Tolkien's world, there's this, they call it elf longing. The elven <laughs> people, like, have this longing for the sea. Excuse me, let me push my glasses up my nose. Um, <laughs> it just, so it made me think of that because he's just, you know, like talking about beautiful things and I like to see. Yeah. Um, but I liked that sort of, I really found that to be compelling, mm-hmm. this, this sort of complicated inner world of Pilate. Mm-hmm. Of like, I just like people. And, and it also yeah. made me think uh, when he says, I don't want to rule a, a warring nation in important times, that phrase important times. I'm sure y'all seen all the memes and whatever else about like, I want to live in precedented times, not, I want to stop with all these unprecedented <laughs> times <laughs> over the past two or three years. Uh, so it made me think of that. Yeah. Um, so yeah. yeah, I think it's interesting that, that they portrayed him young and, you know, so it's, it was sort of motivated by like, well, when our auditions happened, we liked this guy best, but then they sort of reverse engineered the other way of like, maybe we can weave in his youth in compelling yeah. ways into the story, which I'm, I find myself compelled by. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because, you know, it's um, Galilee and that region, right, is meant to be, um, he, he mentioned in that scene with Atticus, um, this is, they call this a bad assignment, mm-hmm. that this is some form of punishment. Yeah. Um, and then that's when he gets into, like, the reluctance of, like, but I kind of like it here. Mm-hmm. Um, it's also this sort of idea that you can see this in when you look at the passion, right? Look through... Pilate almost recognizes he's being played as a pawn by the Jewish leaders. He does not want to go through with it. He just doesn't right. want to riot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, he's not portrayed as like the big bad guy at the end of the story that has to be overcome. Mm. He's sort of a reluctant player. Yeah. Um, in many ways, um, like Judas. Judas is a player that ha- it's a role that has to be played. Hmm. by somebody. Somebody has to be given that role. And it just so happens to fall to certain characters. Um, and Pilate plays that reluctant leader that has to do this. Um, and playing him young kind of makes sense in that regard. Right. Of like, This could almost be like the first time he's been given a governing position and he's trying to not make a fool of himself. Yeah, um, mm-hmm. yeah, and he's brash too, right? He's like <laughs> when they're talking about Quintus, he's like, maybe I should just have Quintus killed. <laughs> yeah. Atticus is like, oh no, maybe no. tread lightly. Maybe not. <laughs> and he's, you know, when when he and his wife are talking about the four crucifixions, he's just like, I don't know, when's a good time to to crucify people? Is it daytime, nighttime? I mean, he's you can see some of that just like, I don't know, let's just pull the trigger quickly. Yeah. Uh, so I I'm interested to see. Uh, 
further development with Pilot, for sure. I'm, I'm definitely wondering how much more they're going to involve him yeah. throughout the story. I bet at the end he'll, he'll show up. I, I wonder. <laughs> um, yeah, well, I, while we're talking about the Romans, let's just uh, stick, stick there and go to Gaius, who mm. gets called into Quintus. Quintus talks about how Atticus is going to go meet with Pilate. Oh, and, which, by the way, Pilate mentions to his wife, I'm meeting an old friend. Mm-hmm. Right, so we know there's some kind of past between him and Atticus. And mm-hmm. I also found it very interesting at the end of that scene, Pilate says to Atticus, he says, uh, unlike Quintus, I know what your interests are, or I know mm. your interests. Yeah, yeah. And so do, I, I did want to ask you, Jacob, back in whenever we were introduced to Atticus, do we know much about his specific mission or what sort of information he's supposed to be gathering? Yeah, so the only thing we know, the reason he can't, so like he was asked, why did you go to Capernaum? Mm-hmm. Uh, well, the reason he went was actually he was chasing a zealot named Simon. Uh, you told me that. And si- so Simon Zealot um, had a mission to assassinate someone. Right, right, right. Um, okay. And so Atticus is sort of tracking down this assassination attempt on this Roman officer. Um, and that's what brings him there. And doing that whole thing... Simon, because um, his brother is the man healed at the pool of Bethesda, okay. which is also in the same city that all of that took place in. So Simon then sees his brother, he's healed, and then he goes and finds Jesus. And Atticus is like, why did this assassin I've been hunting <laughs> drop Turn, everything the day soft. of? <laughs> <laughs> uh, and so he gets curious okay, um, and then sticks around for a little bit. Um, so do you think when, when Pilate says, I understand what your interests are, like I took that to mean I know more about your mission than Quintus does. Well, the, yeah, there's probably a much larger scale with just the type of Roman police, secret police type guy yeah. that he is. Because like, it's almost as if he answers directly to the head governors, right. like Pilate, or even could go, like, he, he carries weight wherever he goes, right? Like, the l- ruling governors respect him to mm-hmm. some degree. Um, so I'm not exactly sure really what, I don't remember any specific thing. Yeah. He's sort of just been like, why is he here? Yeah. I remain um, very intrigued about Atticus. I think the first episode I saw him in, I, I said he was, you know, one of the, I think he was in my top three. Mm-hmm. He's one of the things I'm, I was sort of most interested to yeah. keep watching. And, and that specific line from Pilot keeps me very interested yeah. to see, um, you As know, what comes next. I feel like for the most part, his job is hunting down revolutionaries. Yeah. Um, like the zealots. Right. Keep them um, quiet. So that has led me and several other fans uh, to believe that Atticus is the Roman soldier at the foot of the cross who declares this is the son of God. That's funny. Just a minute ago when you were talking about Gaius, I thought, I wonder if Atticus would then be the guy. Uh, because the so second week in a row, I'm just behind the internet a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> Feels good. Feels real good. Because uh, at, at least between those two, Atticus is the only one that makes sense to be in Jerusalem mm-hmm. um, because Gaius is a Capernaum right. centurion and Atticus can do whatever he wants. Right. Just traveling the only thing is, is I don't know what his rank is. Cohortes <laughs> um, is the name of his rank, but I don't know where that falls in the... As far as centurion. Yeah, and Caesar and then somebody after yeah, that. I don't, yeah. Yeah. Um, 
Okay, so we've got Quintus and Gaius. Quintus says, I'm getting snitched on by Atticus. <laughs> um, and he tells Gaius, you know, basically get rid of the tent city people and do it through, you know, harsh, like enforcing little petty laws about, well, you're coughing, so that's pestilence, so you got to go and mm-hmm. tear down this tent and all that. Um, and, you know, Gaius goes, at the end of that scene, Gaius says, I, I know what I must do or something like that. Oh, yeah. And then I fully expected him to reluctantly start doing that. Uh, but when we see him in the tent city, he actually just starts not, on, not only like ignoring things that you think, like the guy is coughing and he's like, he might actually have some kind of pestilence. That guy <laughs> needs to be seen by a doctor. Um, but uh, not only does he like, okay, not do one of the specific things he was told, but then he starts helping people, right? He's like, mm-hmm. let me help you fix your tent. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, what, tell me yeah, so, about guys. Yeah, that that yeah. scene of your tent's not up to code, so I'm going to help you get it up to code. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. Yeah, it was cool. He picked up that rope yeah. and then started tying the knots. Like yeah. Simon taught him. Mm. And I felt like that was like a, okay, I'm not going to do this. You know, like just because he had grown to kind of, you know, like just like mm-hmm. them. Yeah. We're yeah. not going to say love yet, but he <laughs> likes them. <laughs> He would maybe use the term BFF, right? Yeah. Like we're in there. <laughs> or, or love, like uh, L-U-V love. <laughs> Gaius love, Simon. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so I really think like that helped him like not just not that kind of that confirmation to be like, um, <laughs> the confirmation to say. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> My dad joke one. Go ahead. <laughs> just It just confirmed what was inside of him to not do what he mm-hmm. was um, commanded to do. Yeah. Yeah, um, I'm getting now. I'm like, I'm I'm in with guys so now. I'm like nervous for him. Like, but you're gonna get oh in trouble, yeah. man. Oh yeah, um, it's because it's almost thinking about it. If he's like, he knows that all these people here in Tent City is to see Jesus, right? Mm-hmm. So he sees the sick guy, and he's like, well, I can do one of two things. I can wait for Jesus to see him, and he won't be sick anymore. Yeah, <laughs> or I can throw him in jail, and he'll never get better. Yeah. yeah. Um. Mm-hmm. So I that could have also be going through his mind. Yeah. Yeah. And I like how he kind of inadvertently um, saved uh, Simon's life. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Without really even knowing it, you know, like those guys were Just about to, they were yeah, like, they were about to be ready to <laughs> oh, yeah. tear him up. Uh, he's like, this is the last face you'll ever see. <laughs> to Simon. I wish she'd been like, man, it's not a real pretty one. <laughs> <laughs> you couldn't comb your hair or anything if I'm the last face, you're the last face I'm going to see. Um, yeah. And then he looks and sees Gaius, and he stops. Yeah. So I thought that was just neat yeah. how he played a part in that without knowing it. They did that a few times in this episode where, like, different scenes were overlapping with one another in mm-hmm. meaningful ways, right? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Gaius doing his thing did. Mm-hmm. Um, great segue. Uh, Aisha, let's, let's talk about Simon Zealot. Um, almost got cut in this episode <laughs> for sure. <laughs> um, uh-huh. Yeah. Almost needed a... a, tw- a Another selection for a 12th member. Of the yeah, team, right. right? Yeah, <laughs> right. Start casting lots early. Yeah. Yeah, that was crazy. I guess because at the beat, like after we see like Pilate, we get the, um, all the disciples are, you know, uh, sharpening, sharpening their tools. Sharpening yeah. Their yeah. tools are like, okay, Jesus just performed this awesome miracle. What's our response? <laughs> we need the weaponized. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, if this woman could reach through, what if an assassin got through? Yeah. And Simon, Z mm-hmm. is just sitting over there like you guys actually don't know <laughs> how close that was yeah. to happening. Uh-huh. So he's like, I'm gonna get my dagger ready. <laughs> but 
But then when he gets like to the point of using it, he doesn't. Right. He you doesn't know? have yeah. it with him at all. Yeah. I don't. Yeah, it's not even shown or visible. Yeah. yeah. It's it was it blew my mind. I was like, what? He was just sharpening. Like yeah. we thought he was about to, you know, do some stuff. <laughs> it, but he didn't. And I thought that was great. Um, yeah. Probably just because of the teachings of Jesus too. Mm -hmm. um, with yeah. um, you know turning their. Um, has cheap. he pre mm -hmm. preached it yet? I feel yeah. like he should have, right? Uh, Can you tell him that? Um, it's in the sermon. It's I think it's sermon. in the sermon. Okay, okay. so it's, so I guess it it's implied that it was, yeah. he talked about it, so turn their cheek. Mm -hmm. um, but just like how he just, like his humility and like he, you mm -hmm. know, he got down on his hands and, well, not hands and knees, but just his knees. Yeah. And um, proclaimed, you know, like who mm -hmm. Jesus was. Yeah. And he's like, he's not what we thought, brothers. And yeah. I, it just something about the face, the way he did it, it was just, mm -hmm. it was awesome. Just it was. you could yeah. tell that he had really been changed by Jesus. And um, mm -hmm. so yeah, I loved yeah. it. I loved yeah. that scene. Yeah, that was good. Yeah, it's um, for like to me, it actually made me think um, as he would, you know, he's standing there, he's ready to die uh, of um, Stephen. Uh -huh. And acts mm -hmm. where yeah. Stephen's just like, all right, and then proclaims that he sees the Son of Man at the, you know, he sees Jesus at the right hand of God. Yeah, mm -hmm. um, and that's what that's all basically what Simon Z says here. Right? He's like, I will see my Messiah again. Mm -hmm. um, this yeah. isn't it for me. You think this is it for me, but this isn't it for me. Yeah, mm -hmm. um, it was cool. I, I'm interested to see if. You know, over the course of this, the things that happened to Simon Z in the course of this episode, like, will we see a slightly softer version of him moving forward? Because I think you're both right. Like, it seems like he kind of turned a corner a bit. He's sharpening the, the mm -hmm. Sika, uh, the dagger at the beginning. And then when he needs it, he's like, I didn't I didn't even bring it. Um, so I wonder, you know, he's it, for all of season three that I've that I've known the character. He's very hard. Mm -hmm. um, got He has walls up. You know what I mean? He's always mm -hmm. sort of like looking out for danger which i think it would be perfectly consistent for him still to be the one of the 12 that's got an eye on danger but mm -hmm. i do wonder like will he just be exactly like if we've seen him so far or will he be a little softer i don't know but yeah. i liked the scene too i like the way he prayed when he got down on his knees uh, just like yeah. and because you know later he was like i've i've literally bet my life on him being the yes. messiah and he's yes. like yeah we saw that when you when you mm -hmm. were just like all right mm -hmm. i'm they're gonna kill me now and i'll yep. just say a prayer yeah yep. yeah because um in this season, he's very he he's been more sociable this season than when we meet him in season two. Oh gosh, more sociable? <laughs> yes. Oh man. <laughs> okay. And he's less militaristic because oh. uh, mm -hmm. the the zealots are like this like right. militia group, right? Mm -hmm. um, so when we when he first joins the group of disciples, he like wakes up before everybody else and starts doing his like workout routine, um, and everybody else is like. What are you doing, guy? Like, mm -hmm. we don't we don't have to do all that. <laughs> you don't do that yeah. here. Even though they all look like they go to the gym, anyways. <laughs> um. This is very true. Well, you know, fishermen and all the kinds of manual labor they did mm -hmm. give you some muscles, I'm sure. Yeah, I did like um, just seeing more about like change. So you could see the way he did change, and like he didn't think the way that he thought as a zealot mm -hmm. um, anymore. And then, like, in comparison to, like, the um, Pharisee later on um, in the episode whenever Jesus is doing the healings and the guy, you know, is like, this is, you know, this is wrong, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, how mm -hmm. can you speak blasphemy? Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. And just, like, how hard apart that he was. And mm -hmm. just the, I don't know, just the, the show, like, the, like you can change your, mm -hmm. your hard heart. It's like you don't have to have mm -hmm. a heart of stone forever. Um, so I just like seeing it in comparison 
Yeah, um, just mm-hmm. like that's good. I didn't think mm-hmm. about them. The two of them mm-hmm. in comparison, I like that. Mm-hmm. I like that a lot. Um, so there's one scene that uh, clearly set up for the finale, where uh, this character, you know, it seems it makes sense to to segue here after Simon Z because he's got the sharp knife comes into the when the some disciples are sleeping. We see the sharp knife come and, and pick this lock, mm-hmm. and uh, and then it turns out to just be the goofiest scene of the episode. <laughs> Uh, he says his name is Leander, and Leander. he's there from uh, Nave, I think it was, that uh, Simon and Andrew, no, Andrew and... Uh, Phil, uh, Andrew and Philip. Philip, thank you, went to, um, and caused some kerfuffle, mm-hmm. and that kerfuffle has uh, has spread to the Decapolis. And so mm-hmm. he's basically like, you know, hey, it, it was a good, it was an inter- interesting scene to talk about, like, do you want to cause division among the brothers, among, uh, you know, fellow Jews? And they're like, no, of course not. Um, but, you know, this, I think, is we later find out that they are gone. Um, and so I think it's just, you know, setting us up to get to the next episode um, or the, the finale two-part episode uh, where the rest of them will travel to the area of the Decapolis. Um, I loved this scene. It oh, was yeah. just, it was a nice moment of levity. Uh, this plus Barnaby later in the end um, of the of the episode brought some levity, some some humor. I loved when Judas like drew his sword and just a second pause, and he's like took the sheaf off his sword. <laughs> just <laughs> forgot that or what it, he like or whatever stops it's called. halfway through his sentence because he realizes his, yeah, he's like still on there. Has to take off. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah, it was just like clear, like nobody in this room is threatening. Not not <laughs> the guy that snuck in. Not these guys that got caught off guard. Mm-hmm. No one's scared of anyone else. Mm-hmm. Um, and then at one point, Andrew was like, uh, "Just knock next time, right?" It's just a good, uh-huh. it's a good scene. Not too silly, not slapsticky. I, or, but at just the good. very end, he just he goes, "Knock louder." Next oh time. yeah, that's what it was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I thought that was a cool scene. Um, he, I thought they were all about to die. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was expecting the worst. Ominous so I was like, for sure. Yeah. It's like I know you all make it to Axe, but. <laughs> I mean, the chosen has made other changes. Who knows? <laughs> uh, yeah, I thought it was interesting what he said about um, the consequences of their mm-hmm. preaching. Oh yeah. Um, just um, was it this scene or whenever the? Now I'm getting confused. But but they were talking about the consequences of their preaching, and and then um, one of them says, "Oh, new." Um, makes a connection with what Jesus had preached in the episode before mm-hmm. with new mm-hmm. wineskins yeah, um, breaking yes. through the old. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was so, um, I thought that was awesome just how, because, you know, they're constantly thinking about what Jesus says and trying right. to apply yeah. it to their lives. And so it's just really interesting to see how, like, they make the connection. And mm-hmm. I don't know, just to see them constantly thinking about it and, like, meditating on his words like we get to read it every day mm-hmm. but like they had to like they just have to think about it and yeah. what he says so it's just cool that they're able to see like what he's talking about and like that's what he was saying yeah <laughs> to mm-hmm. us and so like they're like getting it they're connecting the dots mm-hmm. it is it is cool to see and I, until you thought of it i mean until you said it i hadn't thought of it now and then the, the sort of first time it was brought up to me it was uh jonathan pennington brought it up that to say to see the disciples uh, sort of immediately, the chosen is portraying them as immediately trying to put into action mm-hmm. what they've heard Jesus speak, mm-hmm. which is, is exactly, mm-hmm. exactly what you're saying. I think that is a, a nice choice the chosen has made to, I don't know, like maybe it just speaks to like, hey, this isn't an academic exercise. You study mm-hmm. this thing or listen to this guy talk. Um, but, you know, you sort of 
immediately try to walk away changed. Um, mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. by try, I mean, of course, on the power of the Holy Spirit. But mm-hmm. it, sh- it ought to transform, right? I mean, mm-hmm. The, the, mm-hmm. For, sure. for us, the text, and for them, the, the verbal words they heard, um, I think that is a really... That's a, it's a cool choice because it, it seems like if your mind was just on get what's on the page up on the screen, it, you could sort of easily miss, like, mm-hmm. it seems like a choice they didn't have to make, mm-hmm. right? Like, you've got to portray this plot point happening, that point point happening. But to say, like, oh, let's show them actually trying to do everything the mm-hmm. Lord said, I think that's a really cool choice. Mm-hmm. I agree. Especially with a section that's like, the last time they brought it up, they were all confused yeah. about what Jesus was talking yeah, right. about. And then it just clicks and Philip's yeah. head is like, oh, this is what he was talking <laughs> yeah. about, yeah. guys. Uh-huh. For sure, yeah. <laughs> I'm sure cool. Judas in the background, because I don't remember Judas being there, was probably just like, what did you say? <laughs> probably, yeah. <laughs> why is, why are you talking about wine right now? <laughs> yeah. Because they just woke up too, right? So there's like confusion. <laughs> I don't understand. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's talk about Mary Magdalene and Tamar. Um, we got, you know, last episode or the one before that, Aisha, you were voicing like, I just don't like to see these women fighting. Um, mm-hmm. And we I talked did. about sort of like wanting to get to, we knew they were going to, well, we expected they were going to get through it. They're going to work this out. They're going to have the fight and get the resolution. And so we got to see that. Um, so you teed us up for that. What do you, what'd you think? So whenever I saw it again, I was like, here we go. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I was immediately like tense. I was like, come on. Why? All these, like, the women can't get along. Yeah, you got to stick um, together, right? Yes. <laughs> girl power. Hashtag yeah. girl power. Um, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> and, um, but um, I was um, very happy with the way that they did it, the way that they um, reconciled. I loved it. And I think I liked it a lot because, since I am a woman, um, <laughs> I have a hard time going up to my friend and being like, Hey, are, are we okay? Like, yeah. why aren't you talking to me? Why are you talking? Why are you writing a letter to our friend that's not here? And I'm right here. You can't talk to me. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so I just thought it was cool that um, Tamar, you know, took the initiative and was like, okay, let's talk about this because we're not going to have this yeah. um, looming over our head. And, um, and so just to see them talk it out and like talk through their problems and um, try to see, uh, I, was try- I told my husband, I said, I love their communication style because they were trying to understand each other and not um so they listened to each other and then from like from that conversation they weren't trying to defend themselves but they were understanding to what each side was going through Hmm. um and so I love that because I think a lot of times we want to put up a guard and um I thought they were really understanding of what each other was going through and just trying to get each other to see like I see it this way. This is what I've gone through, and then the other side. Well, I've gone through this. Yeah. Um, so I really, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was a beautiful form of reconciliation and um, just really good communication skills with uh, friends. Um, so I loved it. Um, um, a line that I liked that they said, "I can use some of what you have." Mm-hmm. Or, I love that. That was good. Yeah, I, I think that's how we should resolve problems from now on. It's like, well, I can use some of what you, I can use mm. some of your gratitude. I can use some of your humility because we can take something from each yeah. person. That's why we have friends. That's why we have people in our lives. That's a beautiful thought. Yes. And I agree. Um, yeah. Yeah, I liked this one too. Um, I've, I've said before how much I'm intrigued by 
Tamar's story. Like I just, mm-hmm. if they do a couple episodes, just like just her backstory, I will be so thrilled. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's, um, a, it's a spinoff show that's coming that's out. That's fine. <laughs> called Tamar. Tamar and the boys. Uh, <laughs> and we'll keep working on titles. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm very, very interested in this character and her background mm-hmm. specifically. So um, I liked the scene a lot. I, I liked, well, I liked the point of the scene to get them to get them through this. But I, I'm with you. I, the way they went about it, um, you know, the, I, th- I think it was, it might've been the time you brought up not liking seeing them fight the first time. I tried to, tried to give voice to like, there's, they're having them have this fight um, as very like complex characters, you know, like they mm-hmm. were, they did listen and all that, but you know, at the beginning of it, when, when Mary Magdalene was really like just, biting her head off over and over. Mm-hmm. Um, it was, I don't know how to sort of say anything other than to repeat complicated and complex characters. They were, um, you know, like she, she said, uh, I think you need to have more humility. And a few episodes ago, she was like, you've got some animism that uh, mm-hmm. I think you'll need to leave behind if you're going to be part of this group, which I tried to just leave behind the fact that no one would have used the term animism at the mm-hmm. time. And I'm, now it's, hard again for me to, to just leave that behind but um you know anyway she's sort of like watching her like not watching her like a hawk but she just Tamar doesn't seem to get a pass with Mary Magdalene for any of her mm-hmm. differences yeah. um and so I thought it was it's you know there wasn't a clear like she's right she's wrong she's nice she's mean it's like both of them were a little bit kind a little bit unkind a little mm-hmm. right a little wrong yeah. um just misunderstanding each other yeah Probably because up until then they hadn't like really sort of neither. I mean, they both learned about each other's background and backstory, mm-hmm. right? Um, and that seems to be what what helped them find some common ground. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, we learned that Tamar's uh, family was killed by a rival clan while she and her brother were getting uh, minerals, or they were mining something, mm-hmm. and uh, and they came back and everybody had been killed, and she had to take the necklace off of her mom, which is this necklace that's been in her family for generations and generations and still has her mom's blood on it. I mean, gosh, it was really, mm-hmm. you know, affecting scene again. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I liked it. And, and the I could use some of what you have, that line working both ways. Mm-hmm. I thought it was cool. But then we do see the, in the next scene with the two of them when Zebedee shows up, that they have, you know, that's like put into practice very quickly. Mm-hmm. Like they, yeah. you know... Mary Magdalene is like giving Zebedee instructions, like she's being more assertive and bold. Um, and, uh, you know, I just, I liked the resolution that they brought this to a lot, uh, but I hope to continue getting more of Tamar's background, even if she's not fighting with Mary anymore. <laughs> yeah. Because mm-hmm. uh, I'm, I'm so interested. Mm-hmm. I did like, um, like Mary Magdalene, she, so I guess like her problem was like how, um, Jesus responded to Tamar. It was like, oh, your faith is beautiful. Mm-hmm. And the way that um, Mary Magdalene, the way that Jesus found her um, was not an ideal place, what she said yeah. in the bar. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, and then when after, you know, they were talking, um, Tamar, she says, but Jesus forgave you and you chose to hold on to it. Yeah. And I was like, oh, that's like, so real. That's mm-hmm. so like, that's all of us. Like mm-hmm. how many mm-hmm. times does Jesus forgive us for something and we hold on to yeah. it? Yeah. And like the reason that we're mad and like comparing ourselves to other people because they're delivered and they're free and they're happy is because mm-hmm. he's delivered us, but we don't yeah. want to accept so it. Good. And I would mm-hmm. like that hit me like that scene. 
I wasn't expected mm. to cry. I didn't like. I didn't set myself up to cry in this episode. <laughs> I was like, this episode. You, you didn't bring tissues. I, I didn't. Uh, I was like, always, <laughs> I'm gonna be fine. Always bring I'm tissues. like, I'm gonna be fine. I was like, I, I went through this stuff last week. And oh yeah. That's it. Uh-huh. No, I cried on this scene of seeing them just, mm-hmm. uh, you know, like bear their hearts out and like be vulnerable. Um, it it yeah. was it touched my heart a lot, and I think it's because I'm just not good at it. And so seeing mm-hmm. somebody be good at it mm-hmm. uh, uh, was good. really nice. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think with the element of like, like what you was is like the idea of like, she's she was Tamara said and it's like you chose to hang on to to Jesus when He forgave you, mm-hmm. and like this is part of you like don't have to hang on to this guilt Mm -hmm. um that was a big story beat for mary magdalene in season two Mm -hmm. um when um the group comes upon a possessed person for the first time in the show they show like a man walking around being possessed and mary like relapses and goes back to the bar and starts drinking Mm -hmm. and they have to go like out and find her again Mm -hmm. um and she comes and they, like she comes back to Jesus, and he says, like, did you think you would never sin again? Mm. You can always come. Basically, and always, you can always come back. You're still my child. Um, and it was a very emotional scene yes. of Jesus and Mary um, where he, like, re- sort of, like, forgives her again without question, gives her a hug, and just, like, continues to just include her in the group. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that's also this lingering part she still feels guilty for doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah. it's during that time when she runs away, um, when she comes back, that Andrew says a bunch of mean things to her, mm-hmm. which oh, you notice. That's, he apologized for that's the, the reason episode. why he apologizes in the first episode. Gotcha. Gotcha. Um, and so I think she's still holding on to some of that grief of relapsing like that. Mm-hmm. Of like, I didn't, like he called your faith beautiful, but you didn't, like he didn't free you from what he freed me from. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I still can't just be with him the way you you can. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I think that's adding to her frustration. Yeah. yeah. And the main reason why we can't compare ourselves to other people, because <laughs> everybody's yeah. stories are yes. so different. Yeah. You know, like mm-hmm. what God frees us from, a lot of people might not see as yeah. um, as big as something as what Mary Magdalene went through, mm-hmm. as opposed to Tamar. You know, everybody struggles with something and mm-hmm. might not be as noticeable or like as you know, out yeah. there yeah. as most things, but it's still, mm-hmm. it's still something. Yeah. yeah. It's still something that we have to overcome. Yeah. I think this is, this was the scene in this episode that I felt the most like, mm, there's, there's stuff for me to take away here, mm-hmm. take away from this here. You know, um, just, just that idea of like, you need to stop carrying this thing mm-hmm. that Jesus has relieved you mm-hmm. from carrying. Yeah. That's man. I think that is like a, super a word for us yeah. <laughs> for for lots of folks i mean it's just that's powerful mm-hmm. um yeah i did like though that um uh, uh tamar she said i can use some of what you have but without the shame <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah not so much the shame part <laughs> and and the part two she uh earlier tamar had said you always you always have the right thing to say and then yep. there's an awkward part. Mary's like, I don't know what to say. And she goes, finally. that's finally. finally. <laughs> and they laugh. Yeah. I loved it. Yeah. It was like wiping a tear away while laughing. Yeah. Same. Was like, yes. Well, that I was doing that. That actual <laughs> laugh, I thought like, man, that was great acting from, I think her name is Liz Tabish, uh, the, the woman Liz? who plays Mary Magdalene. Um, 
the, something about that laugh, because it was, it was like a clearly like a laugh. There's more than just humor in the emotion. It, there's more mm-hmm. than just the emotion of humor in this mm-hmm. laugh, right? She's yeah. like kind of cry laugh. Uh-huh. Uh, that was phenomenal mm-hmm. acting, I thought. For sure. Okay. Oh, uh, one more thing to note, uh, at least one more thing to note. Uh, in this sort of follow-up scene with Zebedee, they're fixing the, they're adding stuff to the soil and doing whatever you do with all that. Um, she, she has to, Mary Magdalene's going to go upstairs to get some money, which they mentioned again, Joanna, who was only in that one scene, or those two scenes in episode one, but this is like the fourth or fifth time they've brought up that she's It's not the only time money. she comes up in this episode. Yeah. Really? This episode, this ep- yeah, because when um, Simon goes to talk to John's disciples, uh, they mention yeah, yeah. her again. Good, good point. And, you know, I, like I, I think I mentioned before, we see in scripture she's there with the women at the tomb uh, on the third day. So we know that she, like, sticks around. So it's interesting to me that they're, they're mentioning her again. But what I wanted to mention is uh, they say, oh, she's given a donation. Let me go get some of the money so Zebedee can go buy all the, the grocery list we just <laughs> gave him. Um, <laughs> And she's looking through the safe, and she sees, she pulls out uh, what are called tzitzit. No, I don't speak Hebrew all the time, but that's how I'm told it's pronounced, tzitzit. Um, those little blue and white tassels uh-huh. that, uh, you know, th- this is what Veronica grabbed when she went mm. to grab Jesus' garment. And you see, we've seen it a few times. It's, it's the corners, so it comes from uh, the book of Numbers, chapter 15 or 19. I don't remember. It's in the book of Numbers. Um, the Lord commands them to fasten these tassels to the edge of their garments so that it says so that when you see it you will remember all that I've commanded you and obey it um, and I just bring all that up to say that that's what she pulled out and I don't know what to make of that do y'all have hmm. I mean you're Mr. Fan Theory you get, have you read anything hmm. or do you have any any theories well there there's an interesting bit about this scene but not revolving around those um, but that is interesting that she um Holds on. She takes note of those yeah. items in the uh, maybe because she found it in Matthew's house. Um, mm. I don't know. Mm. Um, <coughs> the interesting thing that some people have noted is Mary seemed dissatisfied with the amount of gold that was in the chest, uh, or yeah. uh, money, or whatever, whatever it was in there, silver, yeah, or whatever, yeah. whatever type of money, but. Um, she she's looking around, like she's trying to find the money, and obvi- one of them put the money in there because they received it from from whatever messenger from Joanna. Um, but she's only finds a small pouch, and she seems yeah. hesitant about it. Um, some people are like, "Is this maybe Judas pocketing some right. of the money already?" It does uh, seem early, but. Yeah, it seems a little early with the way his faith is at this moment. Um, but that moment of she definitely seems like I should have been there able to should, more easily find. Yeah, that, more I, money. I don't know why this was so, or at least not where she put it. Almost, mm-hmm. it, she almost looks in a different part of the chest and is like, "That's yeah. not where I put that." Yeah, uh, possibly related to what you just said. I, I also clocked that she mentioned earlier in that scene with her and Tamar. She mentioned. Judas keeps the money, or Judas keeps the books. And I think, yeah. like, specifically with Tamar, uh, Tamar, they pronounce it Tamar. I've always heard the biblical character Tamar. Anyways, I'll probably continue saying both ways. Um, that's like the second or third time that Mary has mentioned to Tamar about Judas being in charge of the money. And so I'm just wondering, are they setting us up 
for more than just there's going to be an issue with Judas and the money later. Like is is Tamar? What's the what? What are we, what are they suggesting to me? I guess is all I'm saying. Yeah, I'm I, interested I see. think it's uh, Tamar is probably maybe coming from a culture where women handle more of the money in right. the books. Yeah, it might just be that. And Mary's like, no, we have somebody for that. Yeah. Um, because the previous time it did seem more like they were fighting about like we have a system. You're yeah. not respecting our system. We go through Jonah, uh, mm. Jonas, <laughs> Judas, um, and but but this one it seemed less to me about that. So I don't know. Maybe it's nothing. All right, a few more things we got to discuss. Uh, Jay the B, John the Baptizer, uh, sends creepy John <laughs> sends two of his disciples. I got to tell you, I've always found this to be. There's a little bit of disagreement about exactly what's going on here scripturally, but um, if it is what it what seems most plainly to be the case, and the way the chosen seem to take it, that John the Baptist has started doubting, John the Baptizer has started doubting that Jesus is the Messiah, and so he's sent from prison. He sent two of his disciples to ask, which I guess is the responsible thing to do if you're wondering if someone is the king <laughs> of all creation. Are you? Can I just ask? Are you? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Anyways, um, yeah. double checking here. If yeah. if it is the case. Uh, that that was motivated by John the Baptizer beginning to doubt that, then I find this to be like one of the most heartbreaking parts of the New Testament. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. Because this is the, I mean, this is the guy, not only that has believed in him the longest, the but the in the womb. Mm-hmm. I mean, he left in his oh, mother's yeah. womb Forget being in the that. presence of Jesus, mm. uh-huh. which I've always, I mean, that just, I can't think about that for long without tearing up. It just, there's so so much going on that's that's mm. just beautiful and incredible. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so from the womb, prepared the way, like you said. I mean, he's he's partnered with him in ministry for his ministry. And baptized him. John 3, right? <laughs> he must become greater, I must become less. He baptized him. And all this for him then to doubt just it just guts me. It, it, mm-hmm. it, it hurts. Like it's it feels like a part of the New Testament that hurts me to read. Yeah. Um yeah. and so I was when I realized that's what they're they're doing here. I was um, intrigued to see how they did it. There was one part in the in the the Jesus's healing scene we'll, we'll get to in just a second where he's sort of announcing John the Baptizer is sent to his disciples. I was like, are they about to portray him as kind of like making fun of John the Baptizer for doubting? And I was ready to be like mad at the chosen. <laughs> um, I guess because like half the internet. <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, I guess because this this moment in scripture has always felt a little uh, not mm. personal to me, but it's it's one that hits me hard. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyways, I don't I don't think they straight up portrayed it like that. Um, anyways, we got these two disciples. Simon puts them through a little word riddle to make sure they're Love who they that. say they are. Yeah, like the security questions on online. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> what's Jesus's? What's John the Baptizer's mother's maiden name? <laughs> that's what, that's what, that's what it asked. felt like. Um, <laughs> It's, and then he's just like, all right, I believe you. Stop answering. Yeah. Uh-huh. He said enough. something about Joanna. He's like, okay, we're, we're good. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're done. <laughs> um, we get this return to the this ongoing joke um, when they tell him what they wanted to ask Jesus, and he says, okay, I'll, I'll ask him. And they he's say, like, how's that? <laughs> yeah, right, that's all. <laughs> but they, he says, okay, I'll ask Jesus. And those two disciples say, well, how soon? And he says, well, let me tell you something about the word soon. <laughs> and then the next thing we see is they've all fallen asleep. <laughs> That was so funny. Yeah, <laughs> uh, it's like they didn't even try anymore. They're just like, they're just done. They're yeah. just like he'll we he'll be here. Yeah, he, he when I don't know. Here. He comes yeah. when he comes. But then you know he's here because everybody's giddy yeah. and everybody's yeah, right. excited. When everybody him. starts running around, and like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Start like, looking. Like, what's that's going how on? You know. Like, 
I, I think it's Jesus. <laughs> but here he comes. Um, so they, yeah, they, that happens. Okay, then we come to this, this scene in which, like, all these other scenes from this and other episodes converge, right? It was, it was so interesting to me. We've got uh, the big three disciples with the two disciples of John the Baptizer. Bring, you know, they come, oh, they wake up, Jesus is here. Uh, somebody says, he's back. <laughs> and so they're there. Well, then here comes Simon and his would-be assassins. And then there's <laughs> Gaius. And then all of a sudden there's yeah. Yusuf and Jairus. It, is, yeah. it was a cool sort of like layered of all these different story. And Barnabas, uh, yeah. Barnaby um, shows up. These different layers of different stories we've For been sure. following. That was kind of a cool touch. Um, and yeah, so talking about dense scenes again, there's, there's a lot going on in this scene. Mm-hmm. Jesus heals some people. Um, that clearly impacts quite a few of the people present. Yes. They ask their question. Jesus explains, um, tell John what you have seen here. Mm-hmm. The dead are, I mean, the, the sick are healed, the blind see. And then he does say, and add to that list, the dead are yeah. raised. Yes. Uh, yeah, the lame walk. Sorry. Um, and then we get the rabbi getting all grumpy again. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. Rabbi Karen comes back. <laughs> <laughs> the yeah, return. <laughs> as he eases his way to the front. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Throughout the healings. He's like, oh, they better not say he's the Messiah because I'm oh, coming yeah. for him. I'm ready. I'm it's so ready. It's just like you see him getting closer and closer uh-huh. as the conversation's going by, and you're just like, mm. mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. what's yeah. going to happen? Yeah. I, I thought that the whole scene just of him healing people and everything just was mm-hmm. very beautiful. It was yeah. very well done. Um, it didn't seem like over the top, but also like him just touching like parts of their bodies that were bad. I felt like that was appropriate, mm-hmm. um, that needed healing. But did y'all like notice the way that like Simon and I guess it's Barnaby, like that they were looking at him when they, uh, whenever, when he was healing, like their faces were, y'all have to go back and watch it. Just That's the right. way their faces looked, they were just in awe of what uh, Jesus yeah. was doing. Yeah, yeah. Ugh, it was so <laughs> beautiful. They were just like, it was, I guess, because Simon, he's more like in these episodes, he has been more, um, you know, serious, just going through a lot, you know, with his wife yeah. and um, everything. But like, I just, I feel like it's the first time I saw him from the episodes I've seen, just smile and like adoration and just admire like yeah. who mm-hmm. Jesus is and like that he got to witness it. I just love that. I was just yeah. the way he's looking at them. Yeah, that was good. It's like a, how a little child looks at you. Mm-hmm. Um, um, whenever they love you so much, mm-hmm. and I just like, ah. or when you do a cool magic trick or something, right? yeah, yeah, when you yeah. do like something amazed. so silly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I also in this grouping like this this scene as they're asking questions as they're talking to Jesus, and they're like slow we're slowly getting to the question of like everyone knows they're about to ask him, mm-hmm. is this the Messiah, mm-hmm. and. Yusuf is just over there. It's like, be careful. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah Don't be like, stupid. Careful. <laughs> Don't <laughs> be <say> careful. <laughs> Watch what you see. And he's just sort of like sigh out and like just trying to look over across the crowd to Rabbi Karen. Um, <laughs> and it's just like, this guy's going to pounce. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. He's going to yeah. get him. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I just love the way Jesus handled answering their questions. So it's like he didn't make them feel bad for asking. He's like, oh, John's becoming impatient, huh? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, he always has been. Yeah, <laughs> yeah mm-hmm. that's what he says. And I just thought it was just really just the way they did it. And it was pretty much scripture. Like I went back and read it. Because mm-hmm. um, I was... Um, they, they spliced together a few different stories here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Matthew yeah. and John, mm-hmm. go ahead. Mm-hmm. And I thought it was just really cool what they did with scripture and just how they um, just illustrated Jesus 
talking and like actually saying the words and mm-hmm. uh, to John, um, John's disciples. Um, I saw it was very well done. Yeah, mm-hmm. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, me too. And it, you know, it it touches again on this the question we raised earlier, way back in episode one of, uh, you know, John is like, why aren't you? His disciples even say, you said from Isaiah sixty one that you've mm-hmm. come to set the captives free, and your boy, <laughs> your best friend, cousin, <laughs> guy you've been running around with in diapers and everything, you left him in jail for quite a while. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Which it's such a it's a compel it's an interesting character story mm-hmm. uh, move, but it's also biblically I think it's just a very uh, interesting question. I don't I don't know. I mean, Scripture doesn't give us, as far as I know, a very clear answer to why Jesus doesn't save John from prison. I mean, we can presume plenty of things theologically. It wasn't part of his plan and. You know, like he says here, like there's other ways to be set free and et cetera, mm-hmm. et cetera. But you can't imagine, um, you know, especially like this question was actually first raised to me. It was it was sort of a blind spot for me. It was raised to me by someone who uh, was from a community where incarceration and imprisonment was happens a lot and happens unfairly and unjustly a lot, as is the case with with John the Baptizer. Um, and you know, and this this student just asked me, like, why do you think Jesus never got John out of there? I was one of those, like, I really like having an answer for students. And I was like, (laughs) I have never thought about that at all. And I don't feel great about the fact that I've never thought about that at all. So um, listeners think about it, I suppose, is (laughs) what I'm saying. But also, uh, from a storytelling point of view, I'm I'm very, it's compelling to see this, this, their version of the story, to see John Mm -hmm getting impatient perhaps or, or whatever yeah. else is going mm-hmm. on there there's an interesting bit um i think it's in early season two where jesus and john the baptizer are talking um and john is like hey i'm fixing to head up and talk to herod and just like give him the like throw the book at him mm-hmm. um and jesus is like mm, don't <laughs> Uh, <laughs> you know that's not going to go well. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, but we've got to preach that, like, he can't, like, if the leaders are doing this, then the people will do it. And, like, we've mm-hmm. got to be like the prophets of old and, like, go straight to the to the rulers. Um, and Jesus is like, yeah, but that's not why I'm here. That's right. not, I'm not what gonna... I'm doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so John goes anyways. Um, so in some ways you could almost look at, um, you know, there are definitely times in, in our lives where we sometimes just have to live with the consequences mm. of our choices. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. We can be forgiven of the sin, but still have consequences coming afterwards, right? Like you still have to deal with the fallout. Yeah. Um, and so that's what John is dealing with. And that could be a way they're portraying the captivity of yeah. John. Mm-hmm. I've often, I've also often thought that maybe John sent his disciples, not because he was questioning Right. But his disciples were questioning yeah. cause they because they see John in prison and they're like, wait a minute, I thought the I thought the Messiah, which you preached about, was supposed to set the captives free. Mm. And John's like, Go ask him then. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've heard uh, that suggestion as well. And you know, as the chosen portrayed him in that that one scene that I got to see him in episode one of the season, he he did not I mean he was very confident, like Jesus will get me out of here, right? Yeah. <laughs> so that could go either way. Like, right? He's yeah. just yeah. very confident, not doubting, yeah. or 
you know, we did raise the question, do we think he means spiritually or actually yeah. physically? If he did actually think physically, then I could see now a couple months later, he's like, hey, I've been very faithful and confident <laughs> that you're coming <laughs> any, you know, anytime soon. Any, any yeah. day now. So, um, all right, we, let's talk about two more things uh, quickly. We've got, they leave the crowds. Um, the Jesus is walking with the big three and Simon says, and just typical the chosen Simon style. He's just sort of like, I really love doing that when the Pharisees are around. And, <laughs> um, but then there's Barnaby and Shula. Mm-hmm. Uh, Barnaby's got the leg situation. Shula is blind, which in full transparency, I'll say after the Sermon on the Mount, when, which was the first time I met Barnaby, and I'm pretty sure he was with Shula. I didn't notice at all that me she neither. was blind. Didn't, didn't mm. catch that at all. Yeah. Okay. I was thoroughly surprised yeah. and um, very happy. I was like, what's yeah. happened in the past two months since <laughs> she was could see fine on the <laughs> Sermon on the Mount? Um, yeah, she, they've been making blind jokes since the first time she appeared in like episode two. Um, really? Especially she mentioned once she gets healed, you're not as handsome as you've told me you were. Oh, yeah, that was great. <laughs> um, great line. Was because like the, that's also been just a reoccurring, like I'm the best looking man you've ever oh, like, really? talked to. He's or whatever. That's it's great. Like, <laughs> he's like talked up his looks. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so Jesus, you know, Barnaby brings his friend to Jesus, um, which is something we see happen in not these two, but we do see people bringing their, their loved ones to Jesus uh, for healing in faith. He does that, um, especially cause like he notices Jesus heal a blind person in that scene. And then Jesus, when, when Jesus says, mm-hmm. tell John the blind or, or healed or whatever it is, it shows Barnaby again, sort of like, and I was, I didn't know Shula, I didn't know her name. Uh, but I certainly didn't know his BFF was blind, so yeah. I didn't understand, like, why do they keep showing me Barnaby's face? Then I got it. Um, anyways, he heals her of her blindness and then sort of surprise heals Barnaby <laughs> of his I, leg condition. I love that. Yeah. Where he's just like, he takes the staff from her. He's like, you don't need your, like, blind person stick anymore. And he's like, why don't, Barnaby, why don't you, like, take her home? And he, like, starts limping away, and he's just like, Jesus is just sitting there waiting. Yeah. And then Barnaby... My leg. Yeah. There yeah. it is. There it is. Awesome. Yeah, he did say that. Yeah, I was hoping that would happen. I was like, yes. Yeah. I, look, I've got just a very tiny knit to pick. It's a small one. I guess maybe that's all knit, knits to pick are small. I just would have loved uh, when he puts his hand on Barnaby, the camera just kind of lingers and zooms in a little bit. And I think it would have just, like, I wish that the camera hadn't lingered because... I want them to have trusted me as an audience member to have caught. We all caught that anyways, because Barnaby wasn't asking, but he's kind of asking. We're all, you know, um, and I think it would have been a little bit more satisfying if the scene happened the exact same way without the the camera lingering for half a second longer, because then we would have been like, oh, yeah, when he touched him, you know what Mm -hmm. I mean? This way felt a little bit to me like, hey, audience, he's up to something. But anyways, I said it's just a small thing. I just needed to mention I was also thinking, I was like, oh, that, there he is. And then Barnaby just didn't react. Yeah. yeah. And then starts hobbling away. And I'm like, oh, well, I guess he didn't do it. Right. And then he was like, my leg. And I was like, aha. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. At least they didn't do it immediately. I, I guess you're right. Yeah. Um, I did like in that scene, um, just the way they both, I don't know, just, it just showed like true friends. Like, mm. you know, like the friends that'll pray for you. And he's like, cause whenever he, Barnaby brought her up there. He was like, oh, you know, is it healing for you? It's like, no, it's healing for her yeah. this time. She's like, maybe I, some other time. Yeah, maybe yeah. some other time. I just thought that was awesome. I just think yeah. that, like, that's what it looks like to have friends mm. um, 
true friends, like people that will pray for you. And like, mm-hmm. and then Jesus is like, okay, I'll heal you since he won't stop bothering me. <laughs> <You know? laughs> so like, uh, you know, like being on Jesus door, like, please do this yeah. for my friend, you know, mm-hmm. um, heal them and do things like that. Um, I just think just showed it like a really yeah, good nice. illustration of like what it means to be a true friend and yeah. what it looks like. I, yeah. I fully agree. I did laugh a little at how many times they said Barney was, Barnaby was her friend. It <laughs> felt a little bit like a, like she's putting him in the friend zone kind of thing. Like, just need to make sure. I love you as a friend, Barnaby. <laughs> it's like, he gets it, guys. Because like, Jesus said it, she said it once or twice. Uh, that just kind of made me laugh inwardly. Audience, they are uh, yeah. friends. Yeah, just <laughs> friends. I, um, of course, you know, right there at the end, another callback to the beginning of this scene is right. he's like, this was fun. Even without the Pharisees, yeah. <laughs> just yeah. as much fun. Yeah, where Jesus like looks around, he's like, "And no Pharisees for this one." Yeah, yeah. just as fun. Still <laughs> just as fun. Uh-huh. Yeah, it was good. All right, and so then the tag we get on the episode is finally she Eden finally gets it off him. of her chest, tells Simon uh, about the miscarriage, and but it's not as satisfying finally because he handles it like she says. This is what I didn't tell you. You handle you're handling this so poorly. Which, okay, granted, I'm not saying, just like last week, I was trying to be sensitive to how people ought to grieve. Um, I'm not so much trying to dictate how he ought to grieve. I'm just more bringing the way they portrayed him as, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, doing and saying some dumb things before. He says a lot of the quote-unquote wrong things. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) He says a lot of the quote-unquote wrong things Mm -hmm. here. Mm -hmm. Um, And it is Mm -hmm. like, it's hard to watch. I wasn't like frustrated like, you dummy. But it was like, oh, don't say that, you know. And yeah, so there's because he's dealing with like grieving his own child, as he and you mentioned mm-hmm. Dallas had said. But also, like, you want him to be comforting his wife, who yes. who is going through the same grief, but in a very markedly different way. Very different. Being that she was carrying the child that they lost, and um, she experienced the pain, like mm-hmm. physical and physical, emotional yeah. pains. Yeah, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah. So I'm, I'm not trying to jump on him. I, I can't imagine, and I, I should say that up front yeah um <laughs> but it was like oh gosh this you're just watching the whole like just just crumbling falling apart this is this is not fun to see yeah. it was not this was not a fun scene to watch at it all not, it was very hard um i, I did tell my husband oh <laughs> it was a joke okay Uh-oh. i said if you would have done this to me i would have divorced you <laughs> <laughs> And then he said, wow, it's good to know that it's so easy to leave me. <laughs> I was like, no, it's a joke, it's a joke. But I should have said, if you would have done this to me, I would have been so mad at you. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, she gets a lot of it off her chest, right? She she returns to the you did nothing, like she's mm-hmm. saying when you came home. and You didn't ask. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, she talks about you just went and took a nap. Um, and so it was good. It was, again, with all the resolutions and, and clearing the air. Uh, now, this is not like they've tied a bow on this topic and we're going to move on. Obviously, this is going to mm-hmm. have far-reaching repercussions. But um, the sort of dissonance between these two characters, because they're not saying all that needs to be said, that mm-hmm. seems to be wrapping up, if mm-hmm. not wrapped up. Um, mm-hmm. What do you all think? Where Where is this going next? Do you think Simon will be angry? Do you think the two of them will be angry? Like, what do you all think? I think this is... I mean, obviously, it's, it's not done and over with. Um, but the healing process can now begin for mm-hmm. both of them. Yeah. One, yeah. um, Eden no longer has to carry the weight of not telling Simon. Yeah. Um, and Simon can start processing 
what's been going on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and so healing can, can sort of begin with yeah. both of them. So I'm very interested to see how that goes forward. Um, I did find it very interesting. So in season one, we see Eden's mother um, sick, staying at Simon's house. Um, and Simon is doing his best to keep his dying mother-in-law quiet while his new rabbi, Jesus, is in the house visiting. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's like, we don't need to bother the teacher with this. This is our issue. We like This is not something we need to talk to him mm-hmm. about. Interesting. And But then Jesus goes in and performs the healing. And so, right, so G- Simon wants to go then confront Jesus about everything that's happening in from the conversation in episode six. Um, and Eden says, don't bring Jesus into this. Yeah. Don't go tell him. Like, this is not something he needs to deal with. Uh, or it's like, not his problem. Right. And si- Simon sits there and thinks, for, like, he's like, he's the Messiah? If it's not his problem, whose is it? Yeah. <laughs> Which to me is just one of the best lines for us today as well. Mm-hmm. Like how often do we just not take part of ourselves and the issues we're going going through to God? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like if we're not going to God with these, who are we going to? Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Who has better ability to deal that deal with this? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Than God. Yeah. No, yeah. you're right. Uh, I thought I thought it was a complicated but good line as well. Mm-hmm. For sure. And, and then at, at the very last line, right? He said, "Why did this happen? Why? 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 Why?" And mm-hmm. Uh, Eden says, you're asking the wrong person, Mm. which is, I found interesting because I can't quite tell if she's saying like in hopeful faith, like take this to Jesus Mm -hmm. or she's like, Jesus is the one that needs to explain this mess. You're asking the wrong person. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? So I I thought that was well done. Like that ambiguity there. Mm -hmm. I I appreciated. Yeah. And she goes and comforts him. Yeah. Which he, yeah. That was good because, like, I had the thought the exact moment he said, you're comforting me. Mm -hmm. I was like, she's comforting him? That's what I thought. (laughs) (laughs) And I said, yep, there you said it. (laughs) Very well done. And her response is, I've had more time to deal with this. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, Yeah, you could tell. I've processed this a little bit longer than you have. Mm -hmm. Um, You could see just their communication getting better with one another. Like, to that, I mean, that's that's much. Team communication wins again. (laughs) All right, well, we've got uh, just a couple of minutes left, so let's try to uh, quickly say our top three moments from this episode plus one other, which we accordingly call the synoptic problem segment of our episode. I don't remember who went first last week, so let's say, Jacob, could you please tell us what is your top three favorite moment of this episode? Yeah, Uh, so my third is Gaius uh, helping the people in Tent City. Yeah going around and um, helping people fix their tents and like helping the, the one woman struggling to pick up this thing. And so he goes over and she's scared of him and he's like, no, it's fine. It's yeah, fine. Yeah. I'm just, um, and helps nice. move. Um, so that was just like a, just a touching scene yeah. of Gaius seeing these people as more than just savages. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That was good. Aisha, what's your number three? Um, I, I'm struggling my number three because I have a number one but um okay so the I see the way um I brought it up and you guys I guess it went over 
but I saw it. But it was the way Simon and oh. uh, Barnaby looked at Jesus, just that on adm- mm-hmm. admiration. Mm-hmm. Just um, I couldn't help but smile mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. of just the way they were looking at Jesus. And, um, and yeah, I just think we yeah. should all be in awe of who he is yeah. mm-hmm. and just to physically see them because they could see him yeah. doing performing the act. Um, mm-hmm. just inspire me more to be in awe you know, yeah. of what yeah. he does. It's a good word. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and when you said that, I just, every moment we saw Barnabas's face, almost the entire, <laughs> every this entire episode, just about every time we've seen him, he's just been like, like in awe of what's like a child on Christmas day, like, this is so great. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah, my number three, uh, sorry, that was good and a good word. Uh, to go with it. My number three was the goofy scene with Leander and Andrew, <laughs> Philip, and Judas. I just, I liked the the comedy of it. It wasn't heavy-handed. Uh, it was nice. In, a, in an episode that needed a little bit of levity, uh, I appreciated it, and I thought it was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. All right, how about number two, Jacob? Yeah, so my number two um, is the healing of um, Barnaby and um, Shula. Shula got how to say her name for a second um one just from seeing them since season one um mm-hmm. and then them finally coming before jesus and saying hey can you heal us mm-hmm. um, yeah was just a beautiful moment and i'm so happy for them <laughs> yeah good that was touching for sure and i haven't seen them as long as you have or haven't been with them as long as you have but it was I'd, i've been with them long enough to see how how touching it was so i bet that was even more special for you uh, Aisha, number two. Um, my number two has to be the women um, reconciling them. Yeah. Um, just the, the whole process. I think it's because um, when I first saw it, I was upset with them because they were fighting. Mm-hmm. And so just to see it turn around um, was just, I loved it. Yeah. And then kind of what I told you guys earlier, like, I'm not good at, I guess, <laughs> reconciling. <laughs> and so it's just beautiful to see. Yeah, it was. For sure. Um, my number two was Claudia, perhaps named Claudia, uh, Pilot's wife, and the dream and the scene with her right afterwards. I just I liked everything about it. It was good. All right. Dun, 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 dun. I, sorry, we need some kind of sound effect. Yeah, drum roll something. Number one, top favorite moment, Jacob. So my top favorite moment, um, my top favorite scene is that end scene with Simon and Eden um, finally communicating, finally expressing out loud to both of them um, why they're so frustrated. Um, And that that whole scene just is very, to me in very ways of satisfying in the idea of now you've talked, you're still angry, the emotions are still there, but you can begin to heal. Yeah, mm-hmm. together. Um, and you're not enemies. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and them hugging at the end um, was emotional. My favorite line in that was, he's the Messiah. If it's not his problem, whose is it? Yeah, mm-hmm. it's a good um, line, for sure. I, re- I, like, I had to go back and get that line written exactly yeah. word for word. Yeah, because um, it, sounds, it sounds like a something you say with a lack of faith, right? Like mm-hmm. just out of an anger, but it's actually like, I think maybe this is the point you were trying to make. Like it's a very 
objectively true statement. <laughs> like, <Yeah>. right? <laughs> the problem of evil is is a real problem. It's hard to reckon with, but we do know the one who has the answer for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, the answer is hard and and might not always be satisfying or fully understood by us, but mm-hmm. we know that he's the one who one day mm-hmm. will answer all the evils that have happened. Mm-hmm. If there's one Finally. person who can take this, yeah, it's him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff that'll preach in this episode, guys. <laughs> this is a so I'm gonna roll with this one. All right, number one, Aisha, what you got? Um, I would have to say my number one is just the way that um, they handle scripture in this oh, episode cool. with um, the way Jesus was talking to John's uh, disciples and just mm-hmm. everything that he said to them. Because when he was talking, I was like, "Is that scripture? Is that scripture?" <laughs> and then I was like, "I have to go back and read it because um, I thought something that he said was a proverb because it sounded like." Proverb, like um, something, yet yeah, wisdom is justified by her deeds. Yeah, it's yeah. not technically a proverb, but it just sounds like <laughs> a proverb. You know, it's like, of course, Jesus is going to say something like that. Yeah. <laughs> but that's in scripture. Um, and just as in um, Matthew, it's not in Proverbs. But um, I just love the way they handle scripture. Yeah, mm-hmm. it was good. Mm-hmm. I do like those scenes. I think you clocked it last time that where it's like you really hear a lot of it. Mm-hmm. It's, mm-hmm. It's nice. Yeah. Well, my number one is Aisha's number two. The uh, the scene <laughs> with Mary Magdalene and Tamar. You know, it's I've I've made it quite clear how interested I am in Tamar and her story. Um, but I really do. I'm I'm so glad to see these two people not fighting anymore. But I really did appreciate the fight wasn't just like a shallow. We just mm-hmm. need our women characters to fight because we think that's what women do. Like yes. it wasn't poorly done, and they weren't sort of the the frustrations they had with one another weren't poorly motivated. Mm-hmm. It was just complex characters, real flesh and blood sort of people having real issues, but then working them out. So I, I appreciated just one more little glimpse into Tamar's background, uh, but but also really appreciated the, the kind of like you were saying, like now these two, we're not uh, butting heads, we're shoulder to shoulder going to move forward. It's still going to be hard, but we're, we're working together on the same team now. Mm-hmm. So that was mm-hmm. good. Yeah. And one other, Jacob? Uh, so my one other is... Pilate talking with Atticus uh-huh. um, in that tent out in the desert. Um, just their, the way they interact with each other, the way they're uh, almost playful in tone. They're trying to like make each other nervous at mm-hmm. different points, just trying to see if they can poke the right buttons. Yeah, um, You can definitely tell there's history within the characters. Um, but just their interaction was fun to watch. Yeah, agreed. All right, and one other. Um, my one <laughs> is so whenever um, everything was getting like really tense, um, like towards the end of the episode when they're healing, um, when Jesus is healing, and um, between like the Pharisee and Jesus, and um, and then Jar- um, Jarvis goes, "Okay, everybody, we have to," um, <laughs> you know, <laughs> just like the way he broke the tension. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> He's yeah. like, "Okay, uh, we gotta leave. We can't all be in a gathering after sun uh, sunset." Yeah. And um, and then they like, they all leave after that, <laughs> and then of course we see guys you know draw the sword because yeah, the, uh, the Pharisee is like, no, I'm not done yeah. with this, you know. <laughs> but I just thought it was awesome just the way he broke broke the tension. Yeah, I loved yeah, it. Was good. That was <laughs> and just at the good, right time. At such the a right good time. <laughs> yeah, that was good. Uh, excellent. I enjoy hearing all y'all's input. Uh, close us out. My and one other. Uh, we got three instances in this episode. Good things come in threes. Uh, where a character pulls a Batman, 
where they're there. So he turns around <laughs> and they turn back and they're gone, right? This is like fa- Batman's famous thing. We saw um, Simon Z do it when he's sharpening his blade. Uh-huh. Little James turns and turns back and Simon Z is gone. Uh, the zealot assassin, who also did it in the scene where Veronica got healed in the last episode, does an intensity in this episode, although we see him again just a minute after that. Uh, and then Eden does it to Simon she, no. when they're in the house. They're oh, talking yeah. and he turns and she gone. So uh, <laughs> I appreciated the the Batman uh, move that brought up, uh, got brought up a few times. All right. Any last words or mm. we out? Yeah. yeah? That's our show. Listeners, thank you so much for sticking with us. We have enjoyed the ride so far. Uh, Episodes 7 and 8 of this season of The Chosen are coming out together in theaters, and it's delayed two weeks from the normal schedule. So um, if the Lord's plans are are also the plans that we have laid out, then we should have an interview for you next week, uh, and as well as an interview the following week, and then we will resume our as so in so far as is possible our normal scheduling of episodes seven and eight after that we will keep you guys in the loop we're looking forward to it thanks as always uh email us at eyesopen at midsouthchristian.edu would love to hear from you guys there we will see you next time later Eyes Open is a production of Mid-South Christian College. Apply now or learn more at midsouthchristian.edu. Our producer for this episode is Alex Hernandez. Music is This Is The Day by So and Tether. Artwork by Adrian Griffin. Thanks. <laughs>